Hey, this is Adam Starling. I'm the senior pastor at Victory Family Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. I pray this message will inspire you, encourage you, and hopefully challenge you to become everything that God has called you to be. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Welcome to Victory Family Church. How's everybody doing today? Good? Okay. Nine o'clock is more awake than you guys. What's going on there? Y'all awake? You good? Hey, uh, welcome. If you're a first-time guest with us, I want to say, hey, welcome home. Thanks so much for being here. I count it a privilege and honor that you would be with us today. If you don't know me, uh, my name is David Donaldson. I'm the lead pastor here, and I say this every single week, is that we know we're not the church for everyone, but I do believe we are the church for anyone. So no matter your background, your upbringing, where you're coming from, where you're going, we believe that we could be church for you and not just church for you. We could be family for you. As so many people have found family here, I really hope the same is true for you today as well. Uh, just a couple things before I jump into my message. One, uh, it, it's our best month ever. And so we're celebrating all this month with our kids ministry. And so um, I don't I'll often wear Marvel shirts to preach in. But uh, I was like, man, if there's superheroes and princesses running around here, I want to I wanna be a part of that as well. And so, man, I love what's happening in our kids ministry. I love what's happening in your kids' lives uh, and what God's doing back there. Uh, and I, if you've ever been to our Get to Know class, we say this a lot, is this, is that uh, they're not serving a junior a junior god or a junior holy spirit they're serving the same one and worshiping the same one that we serve like that that, see, that baby gonna tell you look baby gonna shout me down if you won't he will uh and so and this is how it is like they serve the same god that we serve and it is that's just how it is that's how we operate as a church and so we're just celebrating this entire month like next week all of you can participate in this since y'all left me hanging to this week um but uh <laughs> there's a few of you a few of you jumped in but next week is tailgate sunday and that's for the entire church so uh bring your wear your favorite your favorite team uh i don't care if it's nfl college uh pro baseball it don't matter where your favorite team rep your favorite team I want to see you in it as long as it's not burnt orange we're good right we're all good everybody agree Weston Weston better be in burnt orange next week Weston's a, Weston's a Longhorn fan and I don't hold it against him because I absolutely love Weston uh so it's good if, somebody else a Longhorn fan in here anybody else right there okay we got some some undercovers right here see Texas fans this is what I've learned unless you're in Texas it's undercover if you're in Texas you fly the flag high people like it's just the way it is because everybody hates Texas I don't know why you ever been you ever lived in Texas anybody it's great it's the, it's a great state I don't know why people hate on it anyways that's not in my notes uh also this Wednesday night if you have a teenager look I want you to get your teenagers in this place this Wednesday night they're having a back to school bash it's going to be an incredible night man there's gonna be so much stuff going on here so if you have teenagers make sure they're here this Wednesday night uh, as well and they do not want to miss it uh, Pastor Jacob and Rachel have been doing an incredible job and man has such a great group of students they have a great night planned for your kids so make sure that they are here for that uh, Today we're going to be talking about the, this, this uh, it's kind of a uh, standalone message in between series, and so we got a, st- a new series starting next week, but today we're going to talk about when you, when you pray. And in the book of Acts in the early church, the church was devoted to four things. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching, they were devoted to fellowship, they were devoted to the breaking of bread, and they were devoted to, to prayer. It's, it's the fourth great hallmark in the list of every believer's life, right? It's the source of the Christian life as we, as we know it. And, and it's one of these things that it's this conversation that we get to have between us and God. And it is a conversation because when we speak to God, he 
speaks back to us. And so that's what prayer, the prayer is. It's, it's, it's for us and we should be operating and should be using prayer daily. But, but, but do we, do we know what to do when we pray? Do we know what we're doing? Do we know how we're supposed to pray? How do we approach God? What does it mean to actually, to actually pray to God? I think the simple answer to all these questions is this, is that you're, you're initiating a, a conversation between us in heaven. We're initiating a conversation between us and the creator God, the one who created each and every one of us. We're, we're initiating this conversation when we go to God in prayer. We're opening a, a line of communication where, where we can speak to God and God can speak to us. And in Mark eleven twenty four and 25, it says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive your sins. Let's pray. Jesus, today we love you. We thank you so much for what you're doing in this church and in the churches across our country and in, even across our city. God, thank you uh, for what you've been doing in my life with the element of prayer. Uh, and God, I believe, uh, I believe this so, so, so deeply within my spirit that the future, the future of the church, God, that we hold that it is locked behind a door that our prayers are able to unlock as we continue to seek you, as we continue to cry out to you, as we continue to go to you in prayer. So God, will you continue to place dreams within our hearts, the hearts of each and every believer that is in this place, God, dreams that are bigger than us, dreams that will shake the foundations of the earth for you. And God, I just pray that today that we would all have a burden, have a deep appreciation of prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, something happens when, when you pray. In the life of, of, of every believer, there's something significant that takes place when you pray. When you pray for the impossible, when you, when you pray for the, the miraculous, right? Like something happens when we pray. And I, and I believe this 100% that we cannot, as believers, as followers of Jesus, that we cannot separate miracles from prayer, nor can we separate prayers from miracles, right? It, it's the miracles that ride on the wings of, of our prayer lives, the way that we seek God. God, the way that we petition God, the way that we continue to go back to his throne and continue to cry out to him in every, in every moment that we can, right? The, the miracles are released not to those who need them, but for those of the, us that have the faith to cry out to Jesus over and over, right? If, it was, if, if God was simply just responding to, to, to the needs of the world, right, there would be no needs, right? There, there would be no need for us to send missionaries across the world and to other countries, there would be no need for us to drill water well, water wells globally. Like there would be no need for these things. Why? Because if God would meet all of the needs, we'd be able to cry out to him and he would, he would meet the needs. But, but this is, this is what I know is that God responds to faith and the proof of faith is our prayer. The proof that you have faith welling up on the inside of you and building on the inside of you is that you have a prayer life. You have a communication line between you and and God, and that's the proof of your the proof of your faith. God responds to the people of prayer, and I want to, and I want you to ask. I want to ask a favor for all of you this month. I want you to make room in your life for prayer, like never before. I want you to carve out a 
a specific time each and every day to spend in prayer, to have a conversation with God, to, to call out him for the miraculous, to call out to him for the simple, to call out to him for the extraordinary and the ordinary, to call out to God. I want you to make time in your life, in your schedule, to cry out to God. And I want to make this extremely easy on you starting next Monday, not tomorrow because tomorrow is a holiday uh, and so you should be enjoying your holidays with your friends and family. But next Monday from 5.30 to 6.30, the doors of the church will be open, the auditorium will be open, the lights will be on, we'll have music playing, we'll have something on the screen of prayer emphasis for you to pray for and over, but this is the, this is the reality. I'm not going to stand on stage and lead at any moment. Y'all want, this is going to be an opportunity for you to come and to pray and to develop your prayer conversation with God, for you to grow in the element of prayer. Uh, at the end of the night at 6.30, I'll come up and I'll pray over you and I'll pray for you and then I'll say, have a great week, see you next time, right? Like that's it. Like there is no rhyme or reason. I think for all of us as the believers, we should carve out a time, a specific moment when we're meeting with God, when we're crying out to God, when we're speaking to God. And more importantly, God is speaking to us. And so I want to make this really, really, really easy on you. So, and I would venture to say this though, that there's a lot of people in the room that are here and you're like, I'm just not, I'm not a good I'm not, I'm not, not a good prayer, right? You just feel like you're just not good at praying, right? Like as if somebody could be good or bad at prayer. But if I was to say this, if I was to say, to start pointing people out, like, hey, I want you to stand up and pray. Hey, I want you to stand up and pray. Hey, I want you to stand up. You, y'all would all, like, right now you probably have anxiety. Like I'm not praying. Like I don't pray out loud, pastor. I pray to myself in silence, right? Like that's just what you do. You're just like, I'm not gonna pray out loud. Look, look, we talked about anxiety a couple weeks ago. We're past that, guys. Come Come on. It's okay. Pray, pray out loud, right? Maybe you just don't have the words to say, right? Oftentimes praying seems intimidating for so many people. Listen, God is not moved by by your eloquence, but rather he's moved by your faith, right? God is not moved by a lot of words. He's moved by the right words. And the right words are simply this. It's when you are able to communicate what's going on in your heart, when you're able to communicate that to him. God, I'm broken. God, I'm hurting. God, this is going on. God, my children are sick. God, my spouse is sick. God, I, I, I'm like, I don't know what to do in my job and my career. And I, maybe I need to find a new, like, you're, what are you doing? You're crying out from the inside out to God, right? That's the right, the proper things to speak to God. Why right? you're crying out from the depths of your heart the depths of your soul and he knows those things already but it's so much more significant when we cry out from there see anyone and I mean anyone from the seasoned saint to the new believer can be good at prayer because you can pour your heart out to God each and every one of you can pour your heart out before the Lord and there's a moment in Luke 11 that has always stood out to me in Luke 11 1 it says this and one day Jesus was praying in a certain place and when he finished one of his disciples said to him Lord teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples and I think this passage is often overlooked for uh, so many of us right and even in 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 any Christian life we may read this but we don't think about this passage uh, beyond what we read on a surface level but I think it's so important here because I found it so interesting because these disciples these men who had been with Jesus could have asked Jesus for absolutely anything Jesus would you teach us to cast out demons Jesus would you teach us to heal the sick Jesus would you teach us to resurrect the dead like Jesus would you teach us to teach and to and to preach and to and to prophesy over people jesus would you teach us these things but yet these disciples 
There was something different about them. They, they noticed something different happened, right? It, it, it always has me thinking like this. If it would have been me, if I would have been the disciples, I'd have been like, Jesus, would you teach me how to resurrect dead people, right? Because I want to freak some people out in the hospitals, right? Like that's what I would have been saying. Jesus, would you, would you give me a, a something like that? Would you teach me to teach like you? Would you teach me to prophesy over people because I could speak and then people would just begin to follow like they followed you? Jesus, would you teach me those things? And I think those are all those are all great things right those are all great things they're all things that God uses throughout the church but but there was something that these disciples noticed they they just noticed that when when Jesus would come off the mountain of speaking with God when Jesus would come away from his quiet times of speaking with God the miraculous would take place Right? All of these other things would begin to take place. The people would begin to be healed, right? Jesus would multiply bread and fish, and all of these things would begin to, to happen in front of them. They, they notice that because Jesus spoke with God, because Jesus prayed to the Father, then, then all of a sudden something significant happened around them. So would you teach us to pray? And these men didn't, didn't need to know all the things, right? They just needed to know how to pray, because those things, the preaching and the teaching and the healing, they're all fruit from a root called prayer. And that's where they come from. They come from our time alone with the Father. They come with our time when we, when we go to God in prayer. And then Jesus, can you teach us to pray? Because, man, really cool stuff happens when you when you pray, and I think the same is true for so many of us today, that when you pray, I believe that really cool stuff begins to happen when you pray. When you as the individual begin to cry out to God, really amazing things begin to happen. When us as a church begin to cry out to God, I believe amazing things begin to happen. Why? Because God answers our prayer. He said, he said call unto me and I will answer you. See, prayer is when, when God hears us and when I hear God. So when I'm in my prayer time, there's, a lot, there's often times that I do. I talk a lot, right? Imagine that. And then there's other times that God talks a lot to me. But I, but I set myself up for those things. I go into those moments listening for the voice of God. Prayer is the difference in what I can do within my own strength, within my own power, within my own authority, and what God can do in his. And no one, and no one's prayer for you is important as your personal prayer life. No one. Can I couple and stand alongside you? Can, I, can we call our prayer team down here in the front on Sunday mornings? And, and like, yeah, because there's, there's, there's scripture that backs that, right? When two or three are gathered on one thing in his name, it is done, right? So there's these moments that we stand and we stand on the word of God. But there's also moments that there's nothing that replaces your personal prayer life. Nothing, absolutely nothing. You know why? Your mountain responds to you, not to me. Your mountain knows your voice. And the Bible says for you to speak to your mountain. I, I, can't, I can speak to it, but your mountain knows your voice. It knows how to respond to the things that you speak to it and the commands that you give it according to the scriptures. Why? Because it knows you. It don't know me. And so we, we, that's why the personal prayer life is so important for each and every believer. And today I want to give you three things that will help you when you pray. So when you pray, one, pray in Jesus' name. In John 14, 13, it says, And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John 16, 23 says, In that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. See, Jesus is giving us a principle. And what he's doing is he's giving us the power of an attorney, right? A power of attorney is this. It's that in the authority to act 
for another person in specified or in all legal and financial matters. See, when we pray in Jesus' name, you're using the power of attorney. What are, what are you doing? You are speaking Jesus into the situation, right? You're saying, when you use the, the name of Jesus, what you're saying is saying, look, I can speak this, but I'm going to use the authority. I'm going to use the power. I'm going to use the anointing of Jesus over my situation. So I pray in the name of Jesus. Like we just sang about Jesus up here just a moment ago, right? It is his name. It is the name that above, is above all names, right? It is Jesus. That's why we stand in these moments and we proclaim and we sing his name because it's his name that is above all all things. It's his name that is above every circumstance and every situation that is in your, your life. And, and it's, it's as if Jesus is speaking to that situation when you use the name of Jesus. Though you're the one praying, you're praying in the authority of Jesus. But it's not some magical word. It's, like, it's not the magical word you tell your kids. It's not a please. It's not an abracadabra, right? It's declaring your dependence on God. It's praying that Jesus, you can do this. So we have to look at it like this. When Brittany took my name, she had access to everything that was mine. She had access to my bank accounts, right? She had access to my credit cards, not that I needed them, but I had them, right? She had access to, to every, the, all my passwords, right? She had access to everything that was absolutely mine because what, what is mine is hers and what is hers is hers. That's just the way marriage works. So um, that's just how it is. All the men in the room can say amen to that, uh, right? But why? Because she took my name, right? That's just the way it, it happened. So as you become a Christian, you have to understand that you took the name of Jesus, right? You, you are a Christian. You are Christ-like. So you took the name of Jesus. So in this moment, right now, we're in a relationship name exchange, right? So whatever is his is ours. And whatever is ours is his. So we live that way. We act that way. We, and we pray according to his power and to his authority that, that way. In 1 John four seventeen, it says this, love has been perfected among us in this. That, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is. Where's, where's Jesus right now? The Bible would tell us in Acts and in Hebrews that he is at the right hand of the Father. Is Jesus sick there? No. Uh, does, Jesus have, does Jesus have cancer there? No, no, no. Uh, is, is Jesus worried there? Is he poor there? Is he stressed out there? Absolutely not. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and every enemy and every attack is absolutely 100% under his feet. And as he is, we are. Right? As he is, we are. Not as he was. Not as he was a baby in a manger or a lowly servant or, or a crucified on a cross or a bleeding savior. Not as he was, but as he is, so are we. Where? In heaven? No, no, no. Here, the scripture would tell us on earth. As he is there, so are we in this World, And by this association, we can walk with a little more swag in our step, right? We can walk with a little more confidence because as he is there, so are, so are we here in this world. It's kind of like this. Like, I would say growing up, like, in, in the 90s, it's like Mike Tyson was the greatest fighter of all time, right? Like, it didn't matter. Like, people had to bite his ear off to beat him. That's just how it was, guys. Um, I just remember watching Tyson, and he was, un, like, I mean, undeniable, dominant in the, in the ring. And so he would get in there, and he would box, and he would 
was just, man, he was just so great to watch. But I remember watching him in the ring, and I was just like, man, like, I just know, like, nobody can beat him. And so I'm just thinking, like, right now, if Mike Tyson was up here with me on stage, I'd say whatever I want. You gonna say something back to me? I saw a video the other day. Mike Tyson's like in his 50s and could probably walk 100% of everybody in this room. I'm just gonna be honest. I love you. I don't, I, you know, like some of you I know, some of you don't. Like he probably won't be. It's fine, right? But I just feel like I have a little more authority in my voice when he's around. Like, get him, Mike, right? right? You're gonna back talk. No, you're not gonna back talk me. Iron Mike's next to me, right? You just walk a little differently with the people that's sitting next to you. And so, us as believers, us as Christians, when we're with Jesus, when we call on the name of Jesus, when we pray in the name of Jesus, we walk with a little more authority. We pray with a little more authority, with a little more, a little more to us why because we're praying in his name and we're partnering and we're coupling with him we're not praying in our own power and our own might and our own strength no we're praying with his power with his might and with his strength so when you pray in jesus name you're praying his holiness and his righteousness and in his power when you pray second thing is this you remain in the vine in John 15, 4, it says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless, unless you remain in me. So I pray in Jesus' name. And then what we're, or oftentimes when we pray, we hit this waiting season. And nobody likes the waiting season. But that sin, seems to be the common denominator in a lot of people's prayers that we pray. And now we have to wait. We have to wait for God to show up. We have to wait for the prayer to be delivered to us. And so we're praying. We're seeking God. We continue to pray. This is what I want to encourage you to do. Keep praying. Remain in the vine. Stay close to him. Hold on like never before. Because prayer is more about the relationship being built than the answer that is being received. Do you hear me? Prayer is more about the relationship that's being built than the answer that's being received. Right? It's about the relationship that you're building with the Father. It's about the relationship that you're building with Jesus. It's about this relationship that will outlast your prayers. Right? And so you're building that relationship. I'm believing for the answers, but I'm building a relationship. And I'm in this waiting season. I'm not seeing it, right? And, and, and I'm not seeing the results come out in front of me, but I'm still praying. What am I doing? I'm allowing a root system of faith and, and a trust to anchor itself to Christ in the waiting, right? And so I think so many people, they lose sight during the waiting. We pray and we pray and we pray some more and we pray some more and we feel like God isn't answering or God isn't showing up or God isn't moving on our behalf and in the way that we thought he would or the way that we thought he should. And so God's not showing up. So my prayers get further and further and further apart. Oh, I go from praying daily to maybe praying every other day. And then I go from praying every other day to maybe praying once a week. And then I go from praying once a week to once a month. And then it goes from once a month to every now and again on occasion when I think about it. And then it goes from every now and then on occasion to only when there's an emergency, only when something goes wrong, does my prayer life become activated. That's not what God intended for each of us. That's not, that's not remaining in the vine. That's us doing our own thing. We're going rogue. We're living our own life, living the way that we think instead of the way that he thinks. And we shut down and we never allow ourselves to truly open up and be vulnerable with God. Family, my, I just believe this with everything that's in me that prayer changes things. But more importantly, prayer changes me. It changes things, but it changes me. Does it, does it change the things that are around me? Does it change my environments? Does it change the trajectory of my life? Absolutely, but it changes me from the inside out. If you're jacked up and you're jacked up all the time, can I tell you why? Because you only pray when it's a 911 emergency. Right? Oh, I have to, you have to show up, God. I need you in this moment. And so I'm going to cry out to you. 
but nothing changes in you. Well, God may show up and he may even answer the 911 emergency prayer, but, but has anything changed in you? Has anything been changing in you? Are you still the same person? Maybe the circumstances changed, but have you changed? Because if he's just changing my circumstances without changing me, I will find myself right back in the same mistakes. I will find myself right back in the same mess. I will find myself right back in the same place when tragedy strikes and the bottom falls out of my life. I'll find myself crying back out to him in a 911 emergency. Jesus, show up. Will he? I hope so. I believe he will for you. But more importantly, I believe that God wants to do a work in you. He wants to do a, a continual work in your life. In John 15, 2, it says, Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. This is the uncomfortable part of John chapter 15, right? This is the uncomfortable part that you experience during the waiting season of your life. Why? Because you're being pruned. You don't like it, right? Well, I mean, what's the scripture even say? It says is that, like, Anything that's, that's, that's good and it's beneficial, God's going to prune it so it can be more beneficial. So it can continue to stretch you, so you can continue to grow, right? And anything that's bad, he's going to cut it out of your life. He's going to cut the destructive habits out of your life. He's going to cut the toxic friendships out of your life. He's, he's pruning our faith, right? Our minimal faith so it can grow stronger. He's pruning our shallow prayers so that they'll be big and audacious prayers, that we'll pray things that are bigger than us, that God has to move on our behalf or we look crazy praying them. Does it hurt in the pruning season? Yes, absolutely. 100% pruning's not great. But it's necessary for all of us to become who we were designed to be. And don't miss that. You, you are, you're being pruned to become who you were designed to be. You know who you were created? You were created in the image of God. And so when he's pruning you, you're, 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 come, you're becoming into, into fruition who you were supposed to be all along. And that's what it means to remain in the vine. And the third thing is this. When you pray, declare the promises. When you pray, declare the promise. In Mark 11, 24 and 25, therefore I tell you, or just, for, just, start, just 24. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. You receive it first in your heart before you receive it in your hands. A couple years ago, I started shooting traditional archery and so I shoot a recurve bow and I absolutely love it. And so I, I, I was looking for the right bow. I gotta have this one bow. It's, a specific model, a specific make. And I was looking, I was looking, I was looking, I was searching the internet, and I, and I finally find it. And just so happened, Brittany was out of town. So I was like, this must be from God. Like, I can buy it, and I don't get reprimanded for it. And so, uh, and so, so I, you know, I've set it all up. I'm going to buy this bow, and I'm, I'm texting Brittany, like, it's the perfect bow. Like, it's, it's the right draw weight that I want. It's the right this. It's the right that. And literally, I sent all this list to her. I'm like, it's, it shoots perfect. It's, the, you know, all of these things, right? And so, it, because it's the bow. Oh, it's the bow that I always wanted. And so I told her, I said, it's, it's my bow. It's going to be mine. So I'm working with this guy. He's from Missouri. We're going to meet in Oklahoma City. And so we we'll arranged everything for it to happen. Uh, and so I'm telling Brittany, like, I got it. It's my bow. It's this. And, so, and she goes, how's it shoot? I'm like, I don't know. She's like, can you even draw it back? Like your other recurve is like 30 pounds and this one's 60. I was like, well, that's rude. First off, but yeah, sure I can, right? Uh, and so, you know, we're just still going these things. I'm like, yeah, it's great. It's perfect. She's like, there's no, no damage to it. No this, no that. I'm like, no, it's great. And she goes, well, uh, what about this? And I was like, well, I don't, I don't really know because I don't have it in my hands. She's like, but you said it was perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is perfect. I just don't have it yet. 
right? I have faith that it's going to be perfect. And I think that's how we need to pray. Like we need to pray this way. We need to, and I know that sounds so crazy to a lot of us, and that's a crazy illustration, but I wasn't lying to her. I had faith that it was going to be that way. Right? And, and a lot of us, we need to pray that direction. I need to pray that it's going to be this way according to God's word. Right? So I'm praying the promises, even though it doesn't look like that right now. I'm praying the promises. The answer, you, right, the answer for your prayer, guess what? It's in the mail. It's meeting you in Oklahoma City. Maybe not there, but it's meeting you. You haven't gotten it yet, but it's everything you ever wanted. And so you're going to pray that way. In 1 John 15, in 1 John 5, 14 and 15, it says this. This is the confidence that we have approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. How do, how, do, how do I know it's his will? Because I read his word. And never forget this. God's will is God's word. And God's word is God's will. God's will is God's word, right? And God's word is God's will. See, we declare the promise. We don't declare what we feel. We don't declare our feelings. We declare the promises of God that are in scripture in front of us. Those are the things that we declare over our life. In Joel chapter three, it says this. It says, let the weak say that I am strong, right? Let the poor say that I am rich, right? What is it? It's, it's a declaration. I'm saying these things. I'm not feeling it. I'm not living in it maybe right now, but I'm declaring that this is the way that my life is going to look. This is how you pray pray and you thank God ahead of time. You pray and believe that you'll you'll see these things happening according to his word. Can you tell God how you feel in the meantime? Absolutely. God's not offended. He's not. Right? He can handle it. He's he's a big God, but I would would caution you in this. Don't make your prayer life be about complaining. God, I don't have. God, that shouldn't be your prayer life. Let it be one of declaration, one where you stand in the middle of a storm and you cry out to God. God, I know everything is falling apart around me. God, I know this doesn't look like what I expect it to look like, but God, I'm standing on your word. I'm standing on your promises. I'm standing on you, God. I'm standing on, I'm allowing you to move in my life, in my situations, in my, circum, in my circumstances. I'm shouting to you, God, because I believe that I am strong. I believe that I am healed. I believe that what the word of God says is more important than how my emotions are telling me I should feel. And I believe the word. I believe what God said has said over me is more important than what the enemy is saying to me. I believe these things. And I live by the promises of God, not just by my feelings. And that's what the Bible says. It says that we walk, we walk by faith and not by sight. It's not what we, that we deny sight in any way. But we're led, the trajectory of our lives is led by our faith. It's led by our faith in him. So how do we declare God's promises? You pray God's word. You have a child that isn't serving Jesus right now? Acts 16, 31 says this, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. Not just you. You and your household. That's everybody in your house. That's your kids. You, you stand on these promises. You, are you sick today? Isaiah 53, 5 says this, but, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds, we are healed. You're healed. I know you don't feel it. You don't see it yet, but that's your promise. You're healed. 
today, you stand on this word, you stand on these scriptures, you stand on these promises, and you pray and you declare them over your life. You need a financial breakthrough. Philippians 4.19 says this, and my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. You find a promise and you make it your anchor. And when the wind and the waves come against you, what do you do? You don't move because you have an anchor. You stay there and you pray there until you see the breakthrough. And so you, until you see God move. And I want you to, I want you to pray, I want you to pray this month. I want you to pray like you've never prayed before. I want you to pray no, like abnormally. A little more. Carve out more time within your day. Husbands, this is what I want you to do. I want you to pray over your spouse. Right? I want you, I want you to pray over your, if you have kids, I want you to pray over your kids. I want you to pray over your careers. I want you to, uh, wives, I want you to do the same thing. If you're, in the, if you're in the room today and you're a student, I want you to pray over your future. I don't know how many high school kids and even college kids are like, what do you want to be? What are you going to do? I really don't know. I'm just going to school. Collecting debt. Awesome. That's, that's fantastic. Pray over your future. God, where would you lead me? Where would you guide me? What would you want my future to be? Make my path straight. Pray over your future. Allow God to lead you in every moment parents in the room, I want, to, I want to challenge you with one thing. This is honestly, like, I, I've done it on and off, but I've done it really consistently this week. I want you to go into your kids' rooms. Either they're asleep or they're awake. It doesn't matter to me. It's probably better if they're awake so they don't see you, like, in their sleep, like, what are you doing? Right? I want you to lay hands and pray on your kids. Not like this, like you want to, right? Like, lay hands on your kids and pray for them. I promise you, like, it's changed my life to lay there at night and tuck my daughter in and lay my hand on her head and pray that, God, would you make her a woman after you? God, would you make her a woman that seeks you all the days of her life? God, would you bring a godly husband into her life at the proper time, the proper moment? You're like, Pastor, she's 10. That's, no, it's not weird. I'm praying for my daughter's future. And I believe that God will bless those prayers. And so I'm laying my hands on my daughter and I'm praying. I'm praying over my four-year-old son. God, would you save him? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> God, would you, would you make him a strong man of God who follows after you, who listens to the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, no matter how loud the world gets, no matter how much the world reaches for his attention, God, would you continue to raise him up to follow you? I don't care what the world says. I don't care what other people say. God, would you put the calling in his heart like never before? Don't let him follow in daddy's footsteps unless it's not a calling, unless it's a calling from you, right? I, I don't want that. I want it to be a calling. I want it to be a burden for, for God. And so, parents, I challenge you. I challenge you to lay, lay a hand on your kid and pray over them and pray for them and see what will happen in their lives. I want to challenge you to go into a place of prayer, to set aside time to pray and to seek God, seek what God would do in your life. I also want to challenge you as a church that you would pray for the city and our community. That you would pray for other churches in our community. We, we say this every single week. We, we're, not, you know, it's, we're not the church for everyone, right? Church for anyone. So when everyone doesn't attend here and they go to other churches, we pray for those other churches that God will continue to send people their way, that the, the kingdom of heaven will continue to be impacted because other churches are growing in our community. We're going to continue to pray and we're going to see, see God move in this city like never before in surrounding cities and communities. And we're going to see God do something that he's never done before. Man, I'm tired of living in, oh, the church was great yesterday. No, no, I want to see the church great for tomorrow. Not just for, not just for me, but for my kids. 
and for my grandkids and my great-grandkids, if that's what the Lord has for us, I want to see the church as healthy as it's ever been and as growing and striving as it's ever been. I'm praying and I'm believing this, is that the miracles that we have often looked for, the things and the signs and the wonders that we've often followed after in Christianity, that those things would ride on the wings of our prayer life. That the healings, that the salvations, that the wayward sons and the wayward daughters, that those who are far from God would come to know him, and that all of us that know him would continue to grow in him each and every week. That's my prayer during this season. Can we all pray together? Jesus, today we love you. We thank you so much for your faithfulness and goodness that is on our lives. Jesus, today I I just believe that you're calling us to a, a deeper level and a deeper intimacy with you through prayer. God, I pray for each and every person that is in here today, that their prayer lives would not be ordinary by any stretch of the imagination, that they would go to you, God, and they would cry out for their situations and circumstances in the name of Jesus by his power and by his authority. God, may they continue to seek you in everything. May they remain in the vine. And God, may they declare the promises of God over their lives and what those things are. And may they walk in that. May they walk in believing, God. Even though they haven't received it yet, even though it's in the mail and it's still coming their way, they're going to walk, they're going to believe, they're going to walk with their head lifted high, knowing that you are doing a work in them and through them like never before. Jesus, would you keep your hands on them? Would you lead them and guide them? Would you put a burden within their hearts of the things that they should pray for, the things they should call out to God for? And God, would you move in their lives like never before? In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in here today and you would say, look, pastor, I'm not following Jesus with my life. You talked a lot about prayer. You talked a lot about being connected to God and being connected to the vine, but I'm so far from God right now. If that's you today and you say, look, I'm just far from God. I want to give my life to Jesus. You can just slip your hand up, put it right back down. I want to pray for you today. Thank you for your hands. Yeah, God loves you. He sees you. Thank you so much. Can we all pray this prayer out loud? Jesus, I give you my life. I thank you for the cross, for the burial, and for the resurrection. Today, I repent of my sins. Give me new life. Give me new purpose. In Jesus' name. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media and tag at VFC underscore Chickasha. If you haven't already, download the Victory Family Church app to stay connected with everything that's happening throughout the week. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome week.